It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. This is the Fox News Rundown Extra. I'm Jessica Rosenthal. We recently spoke with our own political analyst, Josh Krasauer, who's covered Congress for years about why so many lawmakers are leaving. More than three dozen members of Congress, most in the House, but six senators have said they are out. Some say it's the chaos and dysfunction, while others are running for Senate, like Democratic Congresswoman Alyssa Slotkin in Michigan, Democratic Congressman Andy Kim in New Jersey, and three Democratic House members in California running for the late Senator Dianne Feinstein's seat. But, for example, Ohio Congressman Brad Wenstrup told this podcast he honestly didn't think he'd be in Congress for over a decade, and he's just ready to be home with his family. Either way, the changes could make for some interesting races, and the balance of power could shake up yet again. We bring you plenty of fresh interviews each day during the week, and sometimes we have more we can share, like this one with Josh, and thought you might like to hear it. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the Weekday Rundown podcast if you haven't already. Now, here's Fox News Radio political analyst Josh Kraushauer on the Fox News Rundown Extra. So I I think what's curious, right, and what's getting a lot of attention, Josh, and we'll begin here, is just all the retirements. I feel like in 2022, we were talking a bit about a lot of retirements. This time seems even bigger. Maybe it's because it's a presidential year, or maybe it's because, I don't know if if it's just getting a little bit more attention, but we're seeing, I I guess, what is it, like a three dozen members either retiring or seeking a different office? I mean, how big does this seem to you? It's a big deal. Um, I think this past month, the month of November, has uh, featured a record number of lawmakers deciding to throw in the towel, to retire, or in some cases run for higher office. But look, Congress is not the same body that a lot of these lawmakers entered in on. You know, this is this has been a very dysfunctional uh, legislative branch these days. And uh, I think a lot of attention and reward is given to the lawmakers who are show-offs more than the folks who actually put their head down and do serious lawmaking and, and legislating. And you're seeing sort of a, a lot of the old guard, more more veteran lawmakers deciding to hang it up, some of it for, for reasons unrelated to the state of Congress. But a lot of it, I think, is also how Congress has changed and how the incentives for getting attention, for doing well in, in, in your job has changed over the years. Yeah, but some people are a little bit older, right? Like um, Congressman Burgess and even Kay Granger, they're in their 70s, and, and I think Kay is, in, is is 80. Some of that might be like, okay, I've, I've done this now for like two decades. Um, I would I would imagine. I, we haven't talked to those folks yet. Um, but is that, as, you, as you just pointed out, some of it might be like a combination of factors, I would imagine, like when you make big life decisions, right? Like, oh, I'm 70, and this this isn't what it used to be. Well, look, I, I look. There is certainly a, some of the 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 folks who are you know ready to retire and and they're in their seventies or eighties and, and ready to step aside. But then you have someone like a Derek Kilmer, who's a Democrat in Washington State, who's one of the more pragmatic, moderate Democrats on Capitol Hill, who had plenty of you know who, who was on on the fast track to actually garnering more influence uh, at, at the committee mm-hmm. level, and he decided to step aside. He decided this was not. Uh, his time to stick around Congress. You got Dan Kildee, who's sort of another sort of a yeah. blue collar Democratic lawmaker in Michigan, a, a swing district, uh, who surprisingly decided to call it a day and and step aside, even though he has many many years left of of a career. Um, so so you know, yes, there are there are age factors. A lot a lot of folks are retiring 
also because they're looking at Senate seats, you know, Wilson Slotkin, Michigan, uh, Colin Allred in Texas. There's a whole lot long list of folks running for higher office, even Dean Phillips in in Minnesota running for president against against Joe Biden. Um, So there's some of that as well. But boy, there's just a lot of talented lawmakers, rank and file. Brad Lindstrip on the Republican side. Yeah, I noticed that one. You know, you, you mentioned Granger, partly age related, but, you know, she's one of the most influential and most respected Republican lawmakers on Capitol Hill. So so there is something of a brain drain at the same time where you're losing this institutional knowledge, this experience, the pragmatism among some of these members. And a lot of the newer lawmakers coming in are much more ideological and willing to throw social media bombs instead of putting their head right. down and, and getting the work done. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com. It does seem like there's two tracks, right, out of, out of the house. Like you're either running for something else or you're just like, wow, I'm I'm done. I'm out of, of politics altogether. I think it was um, Blumenauer. He was uh, Representative Blumenauer, Democrat of Oregon, quoted in the New York Times, uh, and, and I'll, I'll just read it. He said, I like the work, but the politics just no longer made it worth it. I think I can have more impact on a number of other things I care about if I'm not going to be bogged down for reelection. Josh, they, the members of, of the House are reelected every two years. I, <laughs> you're in campaign mode for like half the time, right? I mean, it's got to be uh, how, how draining have you heard from members is that sort of grind that you you know you need to be campaigning all the time well you know jess that quote from earl blumenauer who is a longtime lawmaker from oregon is pretty interesting because he does not represent a swing district blumenauer represents one of the bluest uh, areas on the, on the map he represents the city of portland uh in his district and i think a lot of that comment is reflective of the fact that it's not just the general election that Democrats and Republicans need to worry about, especially those, you know, in the House, but it's the primary. It's the fact that you may not be progressive enough or left-wing enough in some of these districts to avoid a primary. You may not be right-wing enough or pro-Trump enough on the Republican side of the aisle to have to avoid worrying about a, a primary to your to your right. Uh, so that that's that's a new dyna- dynamic where it used to be not that long ago that it, it was the general election was really the only thing that mattered and primary challenges were very few and far between and, and very, very un- unlikely to uh, achieve anything. But now, because the energy, uh, partly thanks to social media, partly thanks to just the power of, of, of ideology, but but what you're seeing now is that you know anyone anyone even in a, in, a, in a safe seat could end up worrying about a primary challenge or a political problem, and and they can get it simply for doing doing good work on Capitol Hill for working with another uh, member on the other side of the aisle that could give them a, a, right. a reason for a primary opponent to, to challenge them. So you know th- those incentives have changed, and a lot of you're right, Jess. A lot of these members, even those in safe districts are constantly in political mode. They're always looking around their shoulder, whether someone's challenging them, whether it's on the other side or whether it's even in their own party. Talk to me, though, Josh, a little bit about how how you just noted that a lot of these retirements were announced in November. And it's been sort of a heck of a ride uh, for the the House majority with that slim margin of I don't even know how many seats it is right now. Is it three or four? Yeah, well, if George Sant, we we were following George Santos's uh, possible expulsion, (laughs) if he if he ends up being expelled, that would be four seats. Republicans only have a four seat uh, edge. So, so. so we've seen this this 
past year, Kevin McCarthy being ousted, um, you know, coming close to government shutdowns with the budget. And and, and now we have this, this new speaker. And I'm just wondering is when people blame Republican dysfunction, you know, we see that in the headlines. We see a lot of mainstream media articles about that. Um, how significant do you think any sort of Republican dysfunction, quote unquote, is to contributing to some of these retirements? So, you know, I think you could probably point to a few folks. Uh, Wenstrup might be one of them. Brad Wenstrup of Ohio, that, that, that's someone who um, might, might might fall into that category. But look, I, they're, they're two to one. Democrats have two to one as many retirements as Republicans. So it's interesting that, that you know, yes, yes, it, it may be easy to conclude that it's the Republicans that have been dysfunctional. They, they could lose their majority in 2024. And that's going to lead a lot of Republicans to head for the exits. But in terms of the actual numbers, it's actually Democrats that are much more likely to be retiring. 20, 20 House Democrats are not running for re-election, uh, 10 House Republicans. So historically, the Republican number is not particularly high. The Democratic number is actually a lot higher. And that could be an early, I mean, that, that, that could just, you know, there's a lot of a lot of factors as we've talked about. But it, it, Democrats have a lot of challenges ahead in 2024 as well. Yeah. President Biden's not popular. The economy's not in the greatest of shape. You've got these foreign crises that are dividing the Democratic Party. So, you know, just by the numbers, Democrats have a lot more, um, you know, vulnerability, at least when it comes to these retirements. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you really uh, briefly before we let you go about that, because I, I saw you talking. I think it was to Dana and Bill uh, on on uh, on Fox News Channel about this, that the the, the Senate might change over over all this, that there are enough people running and reti- and retiring that Democrats actually have to be worried about the, the Senate this time around because of all all these retirements and new people running. Yeah, look, the the safe money is that Republicans went back to Senate in 2024 after Joe Manchin retired and announced he's not running in, in one of the reddest seats, seats on the map. Uh, all Republicans need to do is win one more seat. And they've got a ton of opportunities, whether it's in Ohio or in Montana or Pennsylvania or Nevada. I mean, the the, the map is so favorable for Republicans for the Senate side in 2024 that all they need to do is win one state that's either a Trump state or a purple, you know, battleground state. And Democrats don't really have many opportunities to go on offense at all. Uh, Their best chance, perhaps, is in Texas. Uh, which is not not a mm. particularly friendly state for them. So, th- look, I, I think it's uh, Republicans are the heavy favorites to win back the Senate majority. That's not the same picture in the House. The House is. A I was going to just ask. Story. I was going to say, is that does that apply to the House or no? No, no. The House. I mean, look, it, it, we could have a very unusual situation where the Republican flips one direction back to the Republicans, and the House, with the Republicans' narrow majority, actually flips back to the Democrats. And George Santos, you know, resigning is another you know move towards the Democrats. Yeah. Uh, they they're, they're contesting that seat and have a good chance of winning it back. Um, look, I do think the wild card though, and what what could be an interesting, uh, well, at least an interesting factor to watch in the House. Uh, there are a lot of. Republicans, 18 of them, representing Biden districts. Now, the only way that that dynamic could be more favorable, you know, could turn in the Republicans' favor is if Trump, you know, wins the pre- or if Trump's the nominee, wins the presidency, and actually Trump could have coattails for, for some of these Republicans. Maybe the picture and the environment is actually more favorable for Republicans than we expect. And it's possible that, mm-hmm. that you know, maybe some of these 
purple districts turn a little bit redder uh, come 2024. But look, I think if I had to put a, if you asked me to look at my crystal ball right now, Jess, uh, I would say Republicans likely win back that Senate, but I think Democrats have at least a 50-50 chance, if not slightly more, to win back the House. Okay, one last one before I let you go. Is there, and it's a short one, is there any name that surprises you on the the list of people who are who are out, not necessarily maybe running for another office? I mean, you know, like Katie Porter and Adam Schiff are running for Senate in um, in California, and Ruben Gallego is running as a Democrat for Senate in Arizona. Maybe those are less surprising, right? Because they're trying to jump to maybe a higher profile seat that isn't that they don't have to campaign for in six months. But is there any name that sort of sticks out at you that you went, oh my gosh, I can't believe that person's retiring and wants out yeah i mean kildy was one of those members um the okay. michigan congressman but you know like for, for, the, the I, I think joe manchin was the biggest retirement of all i mean that that is i wasn't shocked by joe manchin's announcement but he you know that is the retirement that really sh- shook up washington uh, you know his decision really had a big impact um on them it's going to have a big impact on the makeup of the senate he could run for president on a no labels ticket um, and it's one that really shows you, you know, where, where Washington is headed. The, you know, you have Romney, you've got you Manchin, you could have Kirsten Cinema. We'll see what she does, whether she retires or runs for re-election. All oh, right. But you have the moderates, the, the deal makers that are leaving Washington, and you see that in the House as well. Josh Krasauer, thank you so much for joining. Thanks, Jeff. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. And now, stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen ad-free on Fox News Podcasts Plus on Apple Podcasts. And Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on Amazon Music. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Hey, it's Will Kane, co-host of Fox & Friends Weekend. Join me as I share my thoughts on a wide range of topics, from sports and pop culture to politics and business. The Will Kane Podcast. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity Podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in free-fall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.